Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Monday, December 18th. Third Monday of the month, we spend our time chatting with two men from the Lakeshore that represent the Lakeshore in the State Senate. And it's time now for our week monthly conversation with State Senate Minority Whip Roger Victory of Hudsonville on the other side of our table this morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, Gary. Glad you are with us. We have a question for Roger. You'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Besides being the state's minority whip, Roger Victory, of course, is a commercial farmer from the Hudsonville area. Victory Farms is his entity, and so when we have him on, we like to bring up some agricultural matters to uh, discuss, and uh, you were involved in some agricultural discussion on a national level. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, it was a great opportunity uh, last week uh, or the week before that be uh, with a uh, group called Council of State Government. So it's a organization of 50 states and several Canadian provinces. And it's a kind of a uh, group of legislators uh, and at governor level that we get together on policy, judiciary issues, transportation issues, agricultural issues. And one of the theme of the discussion there in Raleigh was uh, – kind of feeding the future, and also uh, food is medicine. And one of the things is as we're looking at our uh, escalating health care costs, and that's one of the key things at the federal level and at state level, one of the major part of our budgets, uh, how do we uh, increase a healthy nutritional diet among our uh, young folks at the school level uh, and also at the mainstream level and even with our uh, senior citizens in that aspect. And In fact, this morning I even had uh, that subject came up at district hours, here in Holland, and some of the stakeholders and entity groups here uh, had that same thought process. And a lot of this came forward too, is with some of these new weight loss, uh, weight loss medications. But the cost of those, uh, I can't quite quote exactly, but some of them are like thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars a year. But if you're on those drug medications, if you uh, go off them, you get that weight back. Is there an opportunity? Can we can streamline a healthier nutritional diet along when you're on those medications with uh, that cost? And some of our healthcare insurance uh, carriers are looking that direction. So there's an issue that's bipartisan out there. I don't care if you are or D. You know we're concerned about health and also making sure we have accessibility of these healthy nutritional foods. But also it's a lot of it, educational component because in our busy society, sometimes a healthy diet takes a, a little bit more time. And I know I'm guilty of it coming from Lansing. I know there's a certain McDonald's along the Interstate 96 I frequent frequent way too often. And if I just you know learn that component of having those meals prepared ahead of time and putting that component there, and this is part of the whole process. And so it's great opportunity seeing that we're a little bit further ahead than other states at the national level because at our state level, we have a program called 10 cents a day for our school lunch program where 10 cents of the uh, per budget per day for a student goes to securing uh, Michigan-grown healthy uh, 
fruits and vegetables, especially our apple program we have in the state of Michigan. So we're blessed with that production we have here along with other fruits and vegetables. We also have uh, some of the higher participation called the Double Up program. And that Double Up dollars, basically you take the uh, food lot, those dollars, and you double those if you secure uh, healthy, nutritional, Michigan-grown fresh produce and a lot of that, those dollars use at the Howell Market and a couple of other um, retailers uh, throughout the state of Michigan participate in that. So there again, we've been on the forefront of that, something I've been a voice for, and see if we can continue to change that narrative because as we look at the high cost of health care, one of the thing is I always believe food is a part of the medical component. Food is medicine, and these are things that we change the narrative and just uh, not forcing things upon people, but uh, encouraging, educating them, and making sure it's available at accessible cost. I do want to bring this up. Uh, it's an agricultural question in general. Uh, keep in mind, Roger Victory is not a dairy farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have a dairy question, we can ask Luke Meerman, the uh, uh, third-term Republican state representative from Coopersville who succeeded Roger in the state house. And he knows his dairy issues. Yes, but this is more of yep. a dairy mm-hmm. question than anything else. We have seen uh, uh, Eric Adams, the New York City ma- uh, mayor, campaigning against chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing that um, perhaps uh, uh, the ban or the steering away from whole milk for youngsters um, might you know, might be ending and, you know, we mm-hmm. might have again, whole no. milk available for kids. You know, I just sort of scratch my head and just say, wait a minute, you know, these are still good, even though, you know, it has some issues with weight mm-hmm. and stuff like that, childhood obesity. But, you know, how, where do you draw the line about having uh, a, a government t- step in and having parents make the best decisions for their kids? There, I love the whole milk scenario because ultimately milk, especially for our young people, uh, I know there's some there's childhood obesity, but that whole milk component is not the creation of the childhood obesity. There's other food inputs going into creating that there, while that whole milk offers a very healthy nutritional building block component for a, a, a younger child that's growing that calcium component in those areas. And that's where we got to be smart about it. We get so si- uh, siloed of approach when we have these discussions, and it's not one or the other. It's overall a total system in place, realizing that certain age demographics are different than other dem- uh, age demographics. What's going to be good for somebody in the, uh, at a- age 8 and 10 is going to be different than somebody at age 80 and 90 going component there. So uh, as a component, and also in balance, the key item too is how, you know, one one serving of whole milk with a whole balanced diet at the school level, uh, probably a whole lot better than some of those other aspects going through keeping, because, you know, keeping that balance. So these, that's again, uh, feeding the future, feeding uh, our f- folks, because these, we have got this things kind of screwed up here in the last couple of decades, and we're seeing it in our healthcare costs, and it's not sustainable. The other thing, and then we'll move on to some other topics uh, with State Senator Roger Victory, is the fact that uh, the awareness of the agricultural community among some who are in urban areas, and you can say, yeah, you know, the New York City mayor Mm -hmm. maybe doesn't have a fully understanding, uh, uh, full understanding of the agricultural situation. But he might not be the only one. There are others that uh, you know make decisions and don't take into account 
the agricultural community because after all we got to have food to eat and if you sort of choke off where the food to eat is uh you're gonna have people hungry and then all the things you might want to do as an urban legislator go right down the drain because people's bellies are hurting and they want some food it all has to be part of a whole sustainable policy and that's where i have some criticism at least the recently passed energy policy which they encourage all the solar panel construction, and it's going to probably a lot of that's going to be on the most productive, very unique uh, farmland, especially here in Ottawa County, which is, uh, and once we lose it, we don't bring that back. And there's uh, only very certain areas, such as Ottawa County, Kent County, up on the ridge area, where a lot of this healthy, nutritional food, Van Buren County, and if it goes to solar panels, that there we go with our uh, accessibility and raise the cost of those healthy, nutritional food at our, especially at our local farmers markets. 616-395-1450. If you have a question for State Senator Roger Victory, 616-395-1450. Let me get your take on the final report that was issued late last week by the Growing Michigan Together Council. Uh, they came up with some uh, ideas, some uh, uh, implementation of some policies that could be in, admitted. They said we didn't have the charge to uh, come up with funding for all these initiatives. Uh, uh, Surprising, nice, yes. Nice diplomatic way of putting yeah. it, but it's like, okay, you want us to do a report? We did a report. Now the ball is in mm-hmm. your court, Governor Whitmer, and your court, state legislature. Yeah, you know, there again, I'm not surprised by those findings that come out there. I mean, I could have kind of saved a lot of money and just kind of put that together because through a um, almost some of a Google search per se. But with that component there, it, it's the frustration is uh, some of the recent policies just passed by this administration and the uh, uh, Democrat-led House and Senate. The, and also the some of the legislation, but also my frustration is with the state agencies and the bureaucracy that uh, lingers in there. And I, I'm not going to go on the air. I could go down a whole list of think, issues with the uh, – Department of Eagle, and I have been working with a number of uh, stakeholders, businesses, that uh, and some of the entities how to move this community forward. And they are willing to invest millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, and yet cannot move forward because they cannot get a permit move forward. And and it's not, and, and the frustration is they don't get a reply of what they need to, to correct the permitting process. And processes takes a year to a year and a half. Well, when those stories get out and you see companies that may want to locate in the state of Michigan and they say, hey, look at this area, good workforce, a lot of other opportunities, water's readily available, but why are they going to come through and just go through this process of uncertainty, purgatory permitting processes that takes uh, with uncertainty? They're going to go to a state that would have more certainty to this area and they can get the project up and running in six months or a year, not this year, two year, three year process. Even looking at this biodigester, this uh, up in the uh, Fremont area, I mean, this is a solution to cleaning up our water systems, cleaning up our environment with all the food waste, agricultural surplus production, and now they can't get a permit. It used to get permit through MDAR. This thing's been operating for 10 years. Out of, this is how Europe is moving to clean up their environment. 
But Eagle can't do a permit. And I can tell you why, because they don't have a permit process to regulate these digesters in a format of this area. So it is MDAR, Michigan Department of Agriculture, was successfully permitting this for uh, a decade. But yet, when it goes in this department, shifts over, it is gridlock. (laughs) So that's my soapbox. Hey, clean that department up, and we don't need this commission. We can move the state forward. And we still can protect our waters and our environment. 616-395-1450. 616-395-1450. Good morning. You're on the line with State Senator Roger Victory. Yeah, can we leave that up to the parents and the kids drink white or chocolate milk? That would be nice. I, if, I, I agree. <laughs> parental involvement. And I bless parental involvement. And uh, and I think how we can encourage that is a would be a plus two for the, moving the state forward. Thank you. Thank you very much for the call. 616-395-1450. If you have a question for State Senator Roger Victory, 616-395-1450. When you mention about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, some of the policies that have been put into place since, um, you know, since uh, uh, the Democrats got control mm-hmm. of control of the legislature as well as the governor's mansion, my first thought, and I'm going to come back to this, is the fact that if we didn't have that, we wouldn't need a growing Michigan <laughs> Together Council. <laughs> Gary, I can't articulate any better than that <laughs> aspect. It's there again. It's like we pass. Well, I, 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 I don't want to use the word on the air. How I can feel this policy, so you don't have that beat button I got, there. I got the okay. You got oh, I no, see. No, 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 no. So we'll, let's, let's we're going to keep the civilized. Yes, please do of that type of policy. So you do that, and then you have to come back and do these cleanup commissions and this high lofty things and the people with a resume and they have a PhD on this and they have done this and that component mm. and this think tank with these solutions. Well, keep it simple, stupid. And, uh, and mm. I say, that's what about legislation. We keep it, uh, keep it simple. And then we solve these issues and we have made a complex, uh, soup of the, how to do business in the state of Michigan. And it's, uh, is a, it, I believe sometimes the tails wagging the dog. Good morning. You're on the line with State Senator Roger Victory. Hi, good morning. I just had a question. Um, I see that uh, the USDA has uh, had a program um, that cost $3 billion to try to convince uh, small farmers and um, to record their greenhouse gases or come up with mm-hmm. a system to record the greenhouse gases. And I think down the road, the object will be to try to regulate those greenhouse gases to the small farmers and uh, and basically shut them down like they've done in, in other countries. And I'm just wondering uh, what the state is doing to try to fend off the uh, the government from uh, trying to regulate small farmers in their greenhouse gas emissions. Well, I, this is a – I love this call because this is on one hand, it's like we are discussing earlier before this call came in, how inept the – how we operate this government. So we want to encourage smaller farmers, uh, locally produce items. And then here comes a federal mandate. And sometimes it could be a state mandate that uh, say, Hey, uh, we have to uh, put this additional regulations on. You got to capture these gases in those areas of which puts these farmers out of the marketplace. So if we want to open up some more local farmer markets, having more accessibility of, to our food systems and having, you know, I talk about food as medicine and healthy nutritional diet, uh, and yet we uh, put these folks out of business and don't have that accessibility, 
one hand moves uh, two inches forward and the other uh, takes the, a, a foot of distance away. And so these things, are, we got to be aware of because this is a lot of a uh, policy we see in Europe. It's kind of a, a worldwide mandate that's coming across there. I've seen some serious pushback lately in Europe. Uh, you look at the local, uh, I mean, the national elections in the Netherlands, they have vehemently pushed back on this overreach. Uh, and this is where uh, those who are encouraging, there again, we have to go put some good practices on. We have to make sure we can use some common sense on making sure we're limiting these greenhouse gases. But in the meantime, uh, don't be dumb about these things and have unintended consequences. And take a look at Europe. They have learned their lesson in moving the needle back, such as the country in the Netherlands. Well, it just, it just seems like, you know, the USDA spent $3 billion mm-hmm. to try to you know, convince farmers to get into this program, and then they're going to turn around and screw them. But the three billion dollars is still three billion dollars. I mean, it's correct. You know, it's not a drop in the. It's not a drop in the bucket, and they never had a vote in you know in the legislature at all. And I can just see where they're going to come down on all these these poor farmers. Think that you know they're trying to do them a favor, and all they're doing is you know going to cut their throat here pretty quick. Be very careful when you, you know, they may even give some incentives or some compensation for uh, getting this data through. And you say $3 billion, that's a substantial amount of money. Think how that could be utilized. Now, and then at the end of the day, they will turn against you. And then the thing, this has not even been voted out by Congress on the component. This is just being implemented through rules through the Department, uh, uh, Department USDA. And I see the same thing at the state level. It's, it's not things through the legislative body, but they take a uh, state statute and they kind of turn a blind eye to it and they use rules, rules and regulation. And this is where I, were, I would encourage you know, the majority party currently take a look at because they're circumventing, circumventing their power and their authority. And uh, these department bureaucrats are impl- using rules to uh, devastate uh, these, you know, could be uh, small farmers or other uh, entities throughout the state. Okay, well, I, I just hope uh, the public wakes up to some of these things that are just kind of flipping through kind of under the radar and uh, they are going to end up just killing you in the, in the long mm-hmm. run. So, and thank, thank you, you very Paul. Much. I, I appreciate you bringing this forward. It. This is just one of the many examples out there, and we got to be on the forefront because you can see what happened in Europe and then the pushback they had or two occur because uh, they were, yeah, it was. Uh, devastating what has happened to some of those agricultural sectors in those uh, Western European countries. Roger, uh, how frustrating is it right now for lawmakers on the minority side in both the House and Senate to have to try to, first of all, answer constituents' questions and media questions and realize that right now the state Republican Party is, shall we say, a little in disarray? That's putting it kindly. Yeah, uh, it, it it's been a uh, it's been sad. It's literally been sad to see what's happened to the state uh, GOP party. Uh, the it's it's tore people apart. And I trying to put the how did this get created? And you know some of these things are coming out post COVID and all the areas and then a lot of change during COVID. I understand on the component, I, the frustrations and the visions, but the, the key to success in uh, in politics and also in the business world is building a coalition and building you know taking groups uh, and bring them together. And yet uh, it seems to be that the uh, congratulations to the state GOP and their success of division. And uh, balkanizing 
the uh, you know, our the core group. And until we can find a way and a cause to get us bring the diverse groups together, finding and I tell you what, as I was going over the litany of the show, plenty of problems are facing the state of Michigan, and I can complain and bring all these things forward. But ultimately, it's uh, you know we got to uh, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and let's get together and start getting these conversations and a proactive approach to how to make the state of Michigan a better place for the, our future families and while maintaining to our core ethical beliefs. And some may have a little different viewpoint than the other ones have a viewpoint, and some of those things we have to work together, and a lot of that is having those conversations not having uh, who can have the, the most uh, likes on the latest uh, Twitter account or TikTok account and using the social media as a div- divider and not a unifier. And I just go back to the days of Ronald Reagan and how I just, uh, I was in high school during Ronald Reagan. And what a, what the diverse, I mean, uh, we, our country was coming through some trying times and how he was a uniter and how do I languish for the times of that articulate guiding voice of Ronald Reagan and the voice of the GOP party. And that's where we need to start moving to. Uh, Some might say it's not going to happen until the 45th president of the United States is no longer a political factor. No, there's a, there's always a time factor here and there's, there's a journey. And just like any time I get there again, I go back to any business uh, model there too. You have to make that time journey, but also just, uh, no, no day like today start to having those conversations. And I do, I do see those uh, foundational blocks being laid out there uh, to get the same moving forward. But it's going to take some time and some effort. But I tell you, the longer it takes us to do, you can see what's happening in the state of Michigan. You can see it's even happening in some other states throughout the, our country. And uh, dividing and balkanizing the great United States is not going to be the answer to uh, a solid democracy. Will the solution come in 2024, Roger Victory, or will it have to come after the presidential election of 2024? It's be interesting how this election process goes. Oh, I, I, my crystal ball is not that uh, clear at this point. In time. I don't think anybody's crystal no. ball is clear right now. <laughs> that is, it's a little murky, but it's amazing. No, who there could be some. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, there. Who knows what may occur? And there's uh, there's some issues that we're facing that something could really happen, and we're gonna have to get our act together. And uh, so on that component, hopefully we, we could avoid some uh, dis- disastrous situation occurring. That, uh, and, But we have to be prepared. We have to be uh, knowing how to have those conversations. And, uh, and again, the, it's about our future. And get, we got to just make sure that we can start to unite and not divide under our, in the Michigan GOP. And finally, how important is 2024 in the state Senate considering that the seats in the Senate aren't up for grabs until 2026. Well, it's critical on the House component. So uh, we have, uh, as a, uh, as we work in the Senate, we need to align ourselves with our members of the House where there's a possibility of uh, getting that House back. And if the House goes back to a uh, Republican majority, that strengthens us because when it comes to the budget process, we will be able to negotiate policy-wise too. So it, it will actually, and there again, it, it's having that balance of power, which is not a, currently existing out there, and we can bring that balance of power back, we can move the state of Michigan forward and uh, make some great things happen. We are out of time on this particular segment. If you would like to get a hold of State Senator Roger Victory's office, his staff is 
on the ball, 517-373-6920, and online, SenatorRogerVictory.com. That is SenatorRogerVictory.com. Roger, wish you and your family a blessed Christmas, Mm -hmm. a good start to the new year. And if all goes well, we'll do this again in January. We'll come back with a smile on our face, and all the listeners out there, enjoy the uh, Christmas holiday and remember the reason for the season out there. That is State Senator Roger Victory on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. CBS News with Steve Kathan straight ahead, followed by WHTC News. And more talk of the town after the top of the hour. 